Welcome back to an art enthusiast's journey, everyone. It is time for another episode. Wow, is it time for another episode. $450 million. $450 million. I just... Wow. So, a couple of episodes ago, I discussed what was then the upcoming auction of Salvatore Mundi a rediscovered, formerly long-lost da Vinci, and the last da Vinci in private hands. The piece was expected to bring around $100 million. But, and I'm speaking relatively here, somebody paid almost half a billion dollars for it. Who are you? Email me, patterynut at outlook.com. I want to interview you. $450 million, people. I mean, do you know how much money that is? Okay, listen. A million seconds is about two weeks, okay? A billion seconds is 32 years. And somebody let go of half a billion-ish for this painting. Now, you could take any really, really major, super, vastly wealthy celebrity maybe the head of a cult, and you could take every single thing that person has, his or her entire net worth, okay, all the money in every bank account, all the mansions, all the luxury cars, all the gold, everything, and leave that person penniless in an alley without even an undershirt, and you still wouldn't have enough to come anywhere near buying this painting. And this painting is just going to be a single item which some person owns in addition to all of the other items that person owns. Like if the average person bought a trinket for a wall or a shelf from a home design store. Art is crazy. Okay, moving on. I want to share my feelings about two paintings. They are both on display in the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C. The first is Groundswell by Edward Hopper. Hopper grew up on the water, right, watching the comings and goings associated with the nearby shipyard, and this connection to the sea is displayed in some of his other paintings but none of those pieces has ever really grabbed my attention. I stood riveted to Groundswell. Hopper painted it in 1939. The painting features five people on a boat in a small set of swells. A buoy rings next to the boat. The party is, for the most part, regarding the buoy. Some schools teach that Groundswell's theme is one of loneliness and social isolation. I have read repeatedly that these feelings are palpable to viewers of this painting. Well, the piece did not cause me to feel loneliness, <clears throat> but I did feel alone with the painting. Right? I was in its bubble. My eyes were drawn back along the clouds to the rear of forever contemplating vastness. I really appreciate the way that Hopper got a lot out of a little with respect to the boat. There's not a whole lot to it, 
and yet it's clear and defined and holds up the scene quite well. I sensed no social isolation in the picture. I cared not a bit that the characters seemed to have no regard for one another. I did feel some alarm for the characters, though. I couldn't explain it. I didn't feel that they were doomed. I just felt a vague and short-lived sense of alarm. The characters showing attention to the boy seemed to me only interested in touching the device. I did not feel that they had necessarily been called in by the bell. But then the painting is called Groundswell, isn't it? And that's a direct reference to the phenomenon which would cause the bell to send out its warning. Not a call, but a warning. Why would anyone go to the bell? Hmm. I just didn't feel the sense of imminent doom which people seem to associate with this work. I could hear, sea, hear seabirds calling and feel them circling within the bubble. I was momentarily in mind of youth and risk and daring. This seems cliché, of course, but I could almost smell salt. Not brine, but salt. I enjoyed the crispness of the characters and Hopper's eye-popping play of blue on blue. The scene imparted a good sense of motion. It made me feel happy. Perhaps I was even delighted by the blues. I could feel a gentle beat associated with my trance. Hopper was an older guy when he created this piece. Decades of love for the sea would have gone into it. I feel like the application of terms like loneliness and deprivation is a bit too rote. I just see a pretty sailing scene, and I feel just a tiny bit alarmed, as I would if I were standing upright on the roof of the cabin when the rollers came in. The painting was completed just before World War II began, but I think it likely that this work was not too influenced by the war. People weren't even really listening to Churchill screaming his head off about Hitler yet. But look at the young men in this painting. Look how reminiscent they are of the young men hand-painted war propaganda posters featured. Right? So, maybe Hopper was trying to say something about the conflict. The war in Europe was certainly a storm far off, which would ultimately affect young American men. Again, the painting makes me feel good. The use of color makes me happy. But maybe I have it all wrong. Maybe the painting is about believing that one is in control of one's own circumstances and then finding abruptly that those circumstances are being dictated. Maybe these people really are in deep water. And now I want to talk about a painting which was most certainly linked to warfare, Allies Day. When I stand in front of this piece, I hear cheering crowds and brass bands. American painter Child Hassam was a proponent of American entry into World War I. Okay, and in May of 1917, he knew that a series of parades would be taking place in Manhattan for French and British dignitaries. He visited one of these parades and 
scrambled, I guess, according to the way the story's been related to me, in a hurry, up to the highest, best position he could find. It's pretty obvious that he settled into a balcony off of 5th and 52nd. This gave him an all-seeing perspective on the scene, and this point of view really made the painting come to life, right? He was perched high up, and just above the standards of the United States, Britain, and France, right? The fact that all three flags were red, white, and blue was not lost on Hassan, and he incorporated the synchronicity into the picture. The painting actually looks rather European. This is because Hassam studied in Paris and was accustomed to paintings of Les Grands Boulevards. So what we get in this painting is a work done in the Impressionist style, but with notably more solidity and rigidity. He dedicated the painting, and these are his words, to the British and French nations commemorating the coming together of three peoples in the fight for democracy. Quite emotional for him. Through this painting, we really pick up on the artist's love of the free West, and in particular, his love of America. Of course, at a glance, the piece appears to be celebrating the end of a war, the homecoming of troops, and it has that feel to it, that pride of accomplishment, that sense of unity and victory, that festivity at reunification, but that is an effect of cultural evolution. Imagine this. Really try to contemplate this. A day when entry into a war was celebrated with parades in the streets. It really gives one pause, doesn't it?